When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and we're going to start things off with a song by Ryan Meadow called Hot Air Balloon. Struck by the planet's walls The big white blankets wrap me in a fog In a hot air balloon so high above it all I see each soul so calm, so small The world spins away and the ground starts to shake. You'll fall right as I slip away. God, I can't see the But I'm 
be our sweet refuge. We'll share a warm embrace on a breezy Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I'm burning the phone lines down to the Athens, Georgia area to catch up with a friend of mine, Ryan Meta. And so, Ryan, it's good to have you on this evening, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And so, uh, just for those listening, uh, Ryan is a musician, and uh, he's been playing around in that Athens area for some time. And so, uh, Ryan, just to open things up and uh, just... Tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from and just those early childhood moments to where, uh, you know, you really got uh, influenced by music and it felt like it was something that you wanted to pursue yourself. Okay. Um, well, I'm from Athens, um, Athens, Georgia. been here all my life aside from a few years up north, um, but of course that'll come later. But anyway, so uh, childhood... Um, I don't know that there's like one definitive moment, honestly, with um, music for me in childhood. There was always, it was always kind of there for me. Um, I really like to sing. I've always liked to sing and and just, I, I would always find myself, and my brother even tells me, like that I used to, if I didn't know the lyrics to the song, I'd just make up something. Yeah. So maybe that, that was like a, a sign, but... Um, no one in my family, in my immediate family, does music. Um, I think my great grandfather played banjo, but he didn't like write or anything. Yeah. So it's not like a familial thing for me. But honestly, um, I I didn't really take music seriously until I was a little bit older. Um, of course, you know, as as a child, you you want to be a million things. Um, a pop star, or, um, I think I, I think at one point I wanted to be a farmer, which I couldn't imagine doing now, but, um, but, like, definitively music didn't start for me until, um, I guess I would say, like, teenage years, so, yeah. um, yeah. Cool, so. man, I can kind of relate to that, because, uh, it's kind of the same thing in my immediate family, there's not a whole lot of music there, it was, uh, 
earliest memories, and there's the old home videos. My great-grandfather, he played a wicked harmonica. <laughs> and so uh, me and my older brother, there's uh, videos of me and him in the living room floor, and uh, my great-grandfather would be playing uh, the harp, and, man, we would be getting down. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of that same thing. It's like uh, it's not something that I was exactly born into. It's uh, it's something I kind of had to fight for. Okay, like so you're you said your grandfather played the harp, like the the harp harp. Oh no, like a uh, harmonica. Yeah. Oh okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The old French cool. harp, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just kind of taken aback for a second. I was like, oh, okay, that's a that's a moment. Um, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> something i've always been interested in but um harps are expensive it's like one of those rent to own situations and it's super expensive because um, of course i've looked into it but no i've never <laughs> actually done anything like that no. yeah man so um i mean so what did that look like uh so middle school high school and uh just really being taken back by music and just realized that you wanted to play piano um yeah well middle school i was just kind of uh, i did choir in middle school just because, you know, I had to have an elective class, um, and it was just kind of like, I'll just do this. Um, but I wasn't really passionate about it, and in fact, going into high school, I kind of was like, you know, I think I'm going to give that up, and I'll I'll just, I'll pursue some sort of art something. And then I was encouraged to audition for the, I think it was like the advanced choir. I don't know how I even got in, but I did, and then... Into ninth grade, I started getting, I, I started really finding, like, my influences with music and who I was really into um, creatively. And it wasn't, like, your general Beatles, um, uh, like, what's his name? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm not even, uh, Rolling Stones, people like that. It wasn't, it wasn't, like, the typical. It was, for me, it was very much, like, um, Image and Heap, uh, a lot of indie folks, Azure, as you know. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so the like, like that, and that kind of really shaped, I think, you know, in my head, I didn't know then that that's what I wanted to do with my music, but it kind of shaped the idea. Yeah, man. I can yeah, hear that, that now, especially like Image and Heat with, uh, um, with your latest album. Yeah. Image and amazing um just i think and and i think like the most definitive moment where i was like um i want to write music or i want to dabble with that was i actually went um to see her in atlanta my freshman year of high school i was um i think 16 because i was behind so i was a little bit older than everyone but i was 16 and i begged my brother and his best friend to take me to see her and t- it, it was sold out I mean but we somehow got tickets um, and we went and it was just so I don't know it was just different than anything I'd ever seen before and I was like okay um, I want to try this and so I knew that like I had to have some kind of fundamental understanding of music and so I was like I want to learn how to play keys yeah. and um begged my mom for lessons and um that like she was definitely gonna get them for me but I was very impatient and there was an old 
somebody found an old keyboard in the house, in the basement of the house that I was staying in at the time, and um, I kind of dredged it up and cleaned it off, and it, it was shit, but it was like discovering gold for me. <laughs> and, um, and I just kind of like, I ran with it, and then it was, it was just really weird because it was like, I had no idea what I was doing, and then one day, I, it was like I, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, and it was just a lot of me making weird noises, and, and that's pretty much still how music making is for me. It's me making a lot of weird noises and coming up with something. Um, but from piano and keys, I uh, ran, I somehow fumbled around to a guitar and got that guitar I have a very love-hate relationship with. I'm, I'm not... I, I think I'm I'm okay at guitar, but I'm not like great. But I I use it a lot to write with because it's very it's very easy with chords and um, getting around it. Um, and then of course I expand it on the keys later. But um, so guitar and then other stringed instruments. I I got to this phase in high school where I would buy a bunch of weird things. Like I bought a old auto harp, which is awesome it it's shit though now like i can't do anything with it I'd love <laughs> another one. um but yeah like it's kind of funny now looking back my my this treasure trove of crazy instruments and um and of course i would just kind of throw myself into these things and write these songs and um didn't really know what genre path or anything that i was going to take um and I just kept doing that, and I kind of like throughout the years of high school, I I, I had written enough for like an album. And my senior year, I started playing open mics and kind of integrating myself into the the scene here. And um, there was used to be this really good open mic here in town, um, which they still do it, but they the place had an old location. It was like this hole in the wall and then they moved to a new place and I just haven't really done it ever since. But it it really introduced me to a lot of different people in town and I made my connections and I made, I, I got to see other people doing what I wanted to do. So yeah, that yeah. was very definitive. Yeah. But I'm still, even to this day, I'm like, I don't feel like there's anyone in Athens it does it the way that I do it and that's good and that's also kind of like me scratching my head when I'm trying to you know book gigs and make lineups because it's like well this is going to be an interesting one <laughs> but, <you> know. <laughs> yeah and I've seen uh you know just from what you've shared on uh, social media and on your YouTube page uh, just what uh, one of your shows would uh, feel or look like and it's definitely a, it's unique in its own way yeah, it's um, it depends on where I'm at in my headspace. I mean, it could be just me at the keyboard, or it could be me with Dylan, and um, he's on guitar, I'm on keys. There's tracks, and then it could. I'm. Tr- I wanna. I wanna make it more interactive, where it's not just us with tracks. But I mean, my music. I feel like it kind of has to be that way. Um, but speaking of the track part, like I didn't. Of course, I didn't. I didn't start getting into production until, God, like, I graduated high school, and, um, oh, this is a cool story. 
now that I think about it, I graduated high school, and like I said, I had had plenty enough to make a record, and um, there's a guy in town, you probably know who he is, um, his name is Andy Lamaster, he works a lot with Azure Ray, um, uh, it rings a bell. I don't like. I don't. He had this. He had a band in the early 2000s called Now It's Overhead. I think. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he does a lot of work with Azure and Maria Taylor. And well, I'm sure that means a lot. You know, just for you and you know, for yeah. early yeah, influences for sure. And of course, like little little Ryan was very like. Um, I'm still a go-getter, but I feel like Little Ryan was very naive, and I was just kind of like, one day, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this album. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But there, the studio that he works at, I just emailed them, and I was like, hello, um, I would like to make an album, and um, I would like to know like how much everything would cost and what I need to look at, and blah, blah, blah. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had, absolutely, I just had songs, and I was like, I would do this. And then... <laughs> And and they were like, well, who are some of your influences? And I don't even know why they were entertaining this because I know there were many other people that probably were more um, had their shit together more than me at that time. But for sure, I was like, oh, I was like, oh Azure and Imogen Heap and blah blah blah. He's like, oh, well, I'm gonna forward you to Andy Lamaster, and I was like, shit my pants, like, oh my god, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be having this. Um, <laughs> and so. Um, I actually, Andy was very like nice, and he was, he he had me record some, um, just just like video on webcam of my songs and sent them to him. And he was like, okay, let's meet for coffee and we can talk about all of this. And of course, we met for coffee, and it was astronomical how much it would cost to pay him and rent the studio space and everything and I um and I was like I'll just do a kickstarter and I was like but I'll schedule it I'll schedule studio time like way out in advance and because he was booked up of course um yeah and then of course I started working and I was playing more gigs and stuff and I don't know why I thought I came across um I came across like an artist that used used this program called Reason, um, and it's like it. Of course, it's a music production program, and I was like, maybe I'll fiddle with that just to kind of get production ideas. So when I go into the studio with Andy, and um, got that for Christmas one year, and it's just kind of been like hit the ground running ever since. I mean, needless to say, I never went into the studio with Andy because. Um, I can't afford to make a $20,000 record. Um, right. Yeah. And I don't have the fan base to do that Kickstarter. It's just, it's crowdfunding is, is very, um, it's great, but at the same time, it's, it's scary. So, um, but yeah, so I, what I did was I just pretty much um, demoed all the songs up and making weird noises and, um, I would always work late into the night then because I had a job at a, a coffee shop and I would um, work late nights and I'd come home and I'd hold, hold up in my bedroom until three, four in the morning making these noises, making these songs have shapes and um, just becoming their own thing. And it was, it was very, it was a very cool definitive moment for me, very exploratory. And um, 
then all of a sudden, for some reason, I was like, I'm going to move up north and live in New York, and that's going to be a thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> so, and, so how old uh, were you when you decided to do that, man? <laughs> I was 21. Okay. So, um, and then, so we moved up to New York um, with my brother, because he lived up there. Is this so, the older brother? Yeah, it wasn't really too much of a shock because it wasn't like I'm on my own in this giant city that I've only been to once. But um, yeah, I mean, it's always like what I hear about it is like uh, you know it's one of the cities that you you move to and it kicks your ass and then you you run you run back home. Yeah, I mean pretty much, but I didn't. I gave it a solid two years, you know. Like I didn't just run back home instantly, but it was just one of those things where I moved. I moved to this this strange city that I, that, I mean, I didn't know anyone there other than my brother and my mom. And I, I just, I was there and I was like, I want to make this album. And, um, what do I do? And I was like, Oh, great idea. Why don't I just travel back home every month or two, take a 24 hour bus trip to and from hold up in a studio for three days and come back. <laughs> and then go on back to work. And so that's what I did for a year. Um, did I did a whole, um, and of course, you know, like starving artist kind of thing. I worked as a barista up there, um, grueling hours. Um, it was snowing all the time. It was crazy. And so I did an Indiegogo campaign to mm-hmm. try to get money for the album because I couldn't set aside a lot. Um, didn't even meet my full goal but i still paid for the entire album but i mean it just it wore me down because i'm i'm talking i would come home for two three weeks at a time work 50 plus hours to find being able to go back down there on a 24-hour bus trip hole up in the studio with my buddy for three days um pound everything out very quickly um and then like that took several months and so what album was this for? That was for A Tale of Two Songbirds, which was my first one. Okay. Which was four years ago. I just, that was, it just turned four years ago, a few days ago, which is crazy. Um, um, but did that. And of course, like, when you're, when you're first doing music and you're first putting it out into the world, it's exciting and it's fun. And you're like, I'll just release it. And, and I think this is... This is the misconception with music. The um, what's that movie? Um, Field of Dreams, whole. If you build it, they will come, kind of thing. And, right. Um, that's not it <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, it's not like that with podcasting either. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's just not like that with art anymore. And I don't I don't know that it ever was, you know. So, but um. I even tried, that was when I was first, like, starting to dip in, and I was like, well, if I want people to listen to my music, I need to get press, so I need to start sending press emails, and um, I didn't know what an electronic press kit was, so I was just sending people these rough emails, like, hi, I released an album, if you want to share it, here it is, and it's like, okay, sure, so I got, like, three people to share my album, Um, but, I mean, I was like, I'm famous, not really, but it was like, I'm, I'm there, I've made it. Yeah. Still, still working these dead-end jobs um, in New Jersey, and I kind of, um, it kind of made me, you know, 
discouraged because very much so it was like I made this album I slaved away I spent hours and hours going back and forth between the north and the south to make this album and I feel like nobody's heard it and I'm not really proud of it because I feel like I rushed with it and it kind of sent me into what well, didn't just kind of I felt like I had started to fall into this giant depression while making it because I think I was just so overdone like I was overworked and um that started pretty much the darkest moment of my life so I was just after that album happened I kind of I don't know there's a there's a word for it um but it's like it's like okay I did this thing and now I'm gonna be a recluse for god a year like I I was like I did this thing now I'm going to almost going to hibernation yeah and that's what I did and um don't really remember a lot of that time um was you self-medicating no, I wasn't. I, I had no, I wasn't medicating at the time. I wasn't, I would, I would literally go to work, come home, sleep, wake up, eat, sleep again. So it was like, I wasn't really existing at the time. And, um, I came like, I came out of that little hibernation because I was like, I need to do some kind of release show. So I came back to Georgia to do a release show. Um, and during that time, I was like, I'm, I'm coming home. I've given this two years of my life. I'm not where I want to be. And I know where I am in Georgia. Like, I know who I am in Georgia. I know where I stand with myself. Yeah. So I came, I decided to come back. Um, and of course you think, like, I'm going to move home and it's all going to be okay. And... Um, I was still kind of like in the middle of the depression at that point. And I was like, I'm going to move home. I'm going to make another record. I'm going to be happy. All's going to go well. The end. Um, Well, I did move home and make another record, but I mean, that's way down the line. But I had some issues with family stuff and um, with with my house that, that, um, that we live in. It's my grandmother's house and she left it to us and we had some issues with um, somebody trying to take it from us, and we had to get that figured out. So that was a very scary moment. And yeah. once we got that figured out, um, it took us about six months after we moved back here to get back into the house just because of legal stuff. And um, so once I finally got back into the house, I was like, I can start making this record that I've been wanting to make. Um, and then I think, I think a whole another six months went by before I actually sat down and started doing something. I think that I was very scared to, to put myself back into that place because I had, when I hibernated, I felt like I had lost, I'd lost something, you know, the magic. Um, but it's kind of amazing because I've been really listening back to that first album and then back to my second one and it's it's a completely different person you can tell so it's like it's like a phoenix from the ashes 
with that second album, kind of. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I, I, I think that's good. I think, uh, you know, with, with any kind of creative work, or uh, it don't necessarily have to be creative. Um, you know, whatever that endeavor is, is when you first try to do it, whether it be that first album or, you know, it be that, that first painting or whatever that looks like. It's, yeah. it's something that you believe in. And at that time, it is something that defines you. And then it is always fun to be able to go back and listen or look at, you know, what you've done and, if you have something to compare it to now, you're like, wow. Yeah. And, and a lot of time, you know, you, I, I think you, um, I mean, I have with some of my previous work is like not real proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was not able to listen to it for a long time. Um, just because I, it would, it would kind of like send me back to that. And it was a very negative feeling. And I would thought, well, why did I sound like this? Why did I make that noise? Why did I say this word like that? Why did I use so much freaking auto-tune? What? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's just, yeah. But now I'm like, I look back on it and I'm like, that's what I had to do. Going to and from, you know, across the country to make an album and, three-day increments and it's like you can only do so many vocal takes before you lose your voice and um so a little bit of auto-tune magic had to happen and then it's like but i mean i'm proud of it still because i mean it might sound like shit in some areas but i mean i i did that you know yeah i i came through that and now i'm i'm where i'm where 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 was i though <laughs> um but when I made this album, I kind of took my time with it because I didn't take my time with the last one. Yeah. Um, and it was really important to me to take my time. And then once I had really, I'm very, I'm very private about it and um, not private about sharing like my experience with it, but private about like who touches it and very particular. So yeah, man, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I get it, dude. Cause, um, like with uh the album that i'm eventually going to be able to do you know like uh yeah. you're going to be a part of that but um oh, you. Mm -hmm. um you know I, i've been going back and like listening to the like the little ep project i had it's it's been 10 years ago now and uh and some of those uh, three four songs i still play today yeah. and, and i don't even play them that way anymore and you know it's it's something that has changed um and even now, like with everything being delayed um, because of the the recent medical bills, and not yeah. gonna be able to do it when I wanted to do it, I was like, you know what? It could be the best thing. It's the time to just be able to sit back and really refine it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can, I can take my time with it. I can flesh more things out, and I can have more things to bring to the table, so that when I present it to the folks that are gonna be on it, um, they can hear what I might have had in mind, and then there's you know now go see what you think and we can kind of compare yeah. the two totally and and that's the good thing about music that i love is that it, it completely evolves and you know some of the songs that are on this album i really sat with for like years like four years before i even you know, would sit down and flush it out, and I would flush it out one way, and then I'd stop, and then I'd flush it out another way, and it's like, you, you kind of have to find your groove with it, and that's what I really took the time with on this one, and, um, and I did each one kind of, 
I never did them all at once. Like I would work on one and then I'd work on another. So I wasn't like pulling myself a million ways. But once I would work on one and then I would always go back and, you know, refine it. I'm, I'm very, um, what's the word? I love cohesion. So I'm very much going through and I'm like, this needs to all connect somehow. Yeah. And, um, and I was able to do that this time, I feel like. And it was um, very satisfying. But that took a year of me in my room. Um, not really late at night anymore because I was... I um, I don't know. I found working in the day was very much my speed this time. But um, not like not the day, but like, you know, early evening. Um I think it has a lot to do with it, man. It was, uh, yeah. I remember, um, you know, a couple months ago, uh, me and you were having the conversation on like, where does a happy song come from? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, like I was telling you, I was like, man, all I can put the paper right now is just, uh, it's more of a darker. And so I, I just changed the time of day that I would write. And, yeah, uh, it, it, it seemed to fix that, you know, I started writing in the mornings before anybody could, uh, mess with anything, you know, um, it was a brand new day. Yeah. Uh, before anybody had any kind of way to pull me one way or the other or distract me, I had I had a fresh mind. Yeah, and that's and that's a good way to do it. Like we all have to find our grooves with it though. Like I you you could ask me that same question now about like the happy song thing and I, I still don't know. I mean it just it just kinda happens when it happens for me and um I've pretty much during this quarantine time really taken time to focus on writing and I mean I pretty much I not just in this quarantine time but I already have like another record you know almost ready to awesome man start fleshing out yeah yeah thank you um and it was it's just kind of weird because I whenever I was in New Jersey I didn't really allow myself to write so there was a whole like four year period where I wasn't writing. And so it's kind of like terrible analogy, but it's kind of like when you really have to pee and you're holding it in for so long, <laughs> you finally get to, and it's like, ah, huge relief. That's what it was like. <laughs> yeah, man. And just, just to go back for a second, man, uh, I like what uh-huh. you said about the, uh, the privacy of it. You, you, you're, yeah. you're, uh, you're careful with who you let touch, uh, your work. Yeah. I, um, I think there's this ecstasy, uh, the moment right after you get through writing a song, like I think it, it, it has like a three or four day lapse before you like can look back at it and be critical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and that's what I try to do. Um, <laughs> And so, like that is like the 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 easiest time for me to share. And even then, it's a small like I might hop out on open mic just to share it. Yeah, um, and but, it's a tiny window. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, it's like kind of that recluse side. Then it's like, okay, I don't like this phrasing or however. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and like even in the production side of it, I'm still very private. Like. I trust the guy that mixes and tracks, mixes and mixers and tracks vocals and acoustics and stuff with me, and I trust him. And we even tried to bring on a guy to play drums for us, and we tracked a whole song, and 
as soon as he left, we were both like, no, we hated it. I mean, we paid the guy and everything, but it was like, we just kind of knew where we needed to be. And I ended up playing everything on the album and he mixed and mastered it. And that's all we needed. And, um, so what was that like for you when you started opening up to let the guy play guitar for you in the live shows? Oh, well, I've known Dylan. I went to school with Dylan, and I actually, going back a little, when I came back home to do that album release show for my first album, yeah, Dylan actually was like, do you need a guitar player? And I was like, I had never like, really um, even entertained the idea of, of bringing someone else on and I was like I was in such a dark place that I was like what the hell why the f- not and so we just kind of met up together like one night two nights actually and we're just like he, he was just like just play and I'll do something and then that's kind of how me and Dylan like clicked musically and it was like oh okay so whenever I was getting ready to do the um stage stuff for this album after i had finished it and everything um dylan was the first person i reached out to and um we were originally going to have more people it was just going to be it was going to be me dylan and funnily enough another guy named dylan and he was going to play acoustic for me and then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth so then it ended up being just me and dylan again um and it just it just kind of worked we just i i know i am where he flows like it's it just works so naturally and if there's anything that if there's anything that he's like hey we should try this like i'm totally up to it but if anyone else would ever be like that i would be like hey um no so yeah but we're also bringing on um a friend of mine that plays violin too um, nice. and that's what we're, we're starting to do that as well. So I'm, I'm opening up a bit more about that kind of stuff. So, um, just because I, I, I want to, you know, I want to play music with my friends and I want to, I want to expand on it a good bit more and, um, just kind of push myself because I've always just hit behind a piano and, um, bringing Dylan into it and letting him play guitar for me made me, you know, be front and center and do something I'd never done before. And that's what I wanted. Right. Yeah, so, man, it's, it's, yeah. it's like a better to get, uh, better together kind of thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and of course, going forward production wise, like he'll definitely be a part of it. And Vanessa will be a part of it on the strings. And it's just, I'm hoping that that opens me up to more collaborative thinking, which I've never really done. Um, and I wanted to go, th- when I was writing this album, when I say this album, I mean the one that I'm working on now, I was like, I want it to be all co-writes because I've never done that before. But um, funnily enough, I could never like secure any co-writes. Like, like I would talk with some of my friends that do music and I'd be like, we should write together and we can never secure a time or I was never, I even like reached out to some folks in Nashville to say, I mean, I knew they would have to, I would have to pay, but I was like, I have ideas and I'd like to write with you, but it's, I don't know how Nashville works with co-writing because it's, I think it's, I hate to say it, but I think it's like a who you know kind of thing. 
I'm not in Nashville, so of course I don't know any of them. So I never got a response. So response, and I, I think I was just kind of scared to just sit down and write by myself again. Yeah, it would be. I would. I would assume it would be like the same as with Athens or whatever scene you're in. It would be a matter of rubbing elbows, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of glad that it didn't work out like that because once I really sat down and I wrote that first new song for this set of collection of work, it was like floodgate. Um, Oh yeah. So I just kind of. I wrote it, and then I wrote another, and then I wrote another, and then I wrote another, and 14 songs later, we're here, so. Nice. Yeah. They're not all done, but I mean, I have. The concept. I have the concept. I have the skeletons. I have, I know how I'm going to promote it already. I know how I'm going to do certain things. Like, it's, I'm very conceptual, so. Yeah. And so, man, like, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about with your live shows, um, the, the conceptional uh, part of it, mm-hmm. um, and just the production of it, like, mm-hmm. um, what kind of, what does that kind of look like afterwards, like, I guess, when someone in the crowd's having a word with you, is it, like, totally different from anyone else there, or, like, what's that like? Uh, it, it really depends on the mood of the crowd, I think, like, because, um, Athens is very open-minded with music, but Athens can also, depending on who you're with and who you're seeing and what scene you're in, it can also be, like, very close-minded as well because it's like if I'm um, if I'm using the tracks and I'm doing it the way that is, it, it always seems that I'm with heavy singer-songwriters that are like, why would you do that? And then... Um, and then the opposite, if I'm just doing, um, if I'm just doing keys, like some people will be like, I'd like to hear it more fleshed out. And it's like, you were always in the wrong place at the wrong time. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like, it, that's not always like, that's just sometimes, but I've always like, I've, I've been surprised when I, sometimes I'll be like, they're not going to get this at all. And people will come up and they'll be like, I really love the way that you do this. And it's it's refreshing and and that that's cool to me yeah um yeah i mean that, that's like, that's one thing about like just sitting down with your music and then you know like looking up some of the things that you've done on youtube it's like uh yeah it's it's definitely set apart like uh there's nothing quite like it well thank you yeah man um which can be a person of blessing you know um right especially i don't know it's I'm, I'm trying to do it to where I'm, I never want to lose the tracks because they're such a vital part to it and it keeps things interesting. But I also want to bring more like live sound and um, I don't know what just fell around me, but cool. But um, <laughs> live sound and, um, you know, I don't want to just be sitting at the keys the whole time. I want to be standing up and I want to be singing. And if I want to pick up an, a guitar, I want to be able to do that. If I want to pick up a concertina and play some weird drony <laughs> shit i want to be able to do that and i want to just i don't i don't want i want it to be unexpected and i want it to be a surprise and i never want to be typical yeah. and i think i've always had that kind of um aspect about myself yeah you got total freedom up there yeah and originally what the live show was going to be for this album was um there was going to be a lot of projections and a lot of um 
just there's there was there's an arc to it and everything and um the projection part didn't typically work out the way that I wanted it to which is fine um because I used it for another project that's actually going to be releasing soon um which I don't um I don't guess I can talk about because um I have something lined up for that which is fine but um yeah so it's just you know it, it kind of you always think you know how it's going to go but then you kind of have to just let it breathe and be what it is um sure. and that's kind of where i'm at right now with it um but i'm definitely i think i'm really enjoying this whole quarantine period in a sense because i like seeing how how the music um scenes are are coming together with these you know co- little quarantine concert series and and you know people are helping out each other and they're doing creative things and i don't know i think this is such a it's a it's an uncertain time but the way people are handling handling it is it's it's good i i'm kind of enjoying it not not like crazy toilet paper hoarder people but like creative, <laughs> you know. There, yeah, um, yeah. There's um, you know, the the ignorant aspect of it, like with the panic. I don't understand why it was toilet paper, but um, oh, I will never understand. And I mean, even in this area, um, what what you what people need to understand is like, yes, this is a crisis situation, but uh, you don't need to panic by because those grocery stores know how much to buy, like. They are equipped for your area to supply you what what you need. You don't need to panic. It's gonna yeah, be there. No, it's gonna be there if you don't panic. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no sense in it. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand the idea of. Uh, you know, I figured it would virus. be like milk and bread, but no, it was toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's a virus, so we need to get toilet paper. There's a virus that doesn't cause diarrhea, but we need to get all the toilet paper. Um, <laughs> And there was something else that I noticed that was all missing the other day at the grocery store. And I was just like, why? Um, hold on, what was it? Frozen pizzas. Um, <laughs> College kids or something. <laughs> yeah. Frozen pizzas, like all of the frozen pizzas. So I was like, okay. Like, what? And frozen pizzas, um, none of the alcohol was gone, which was kind of like, why? Um, and also none of the, um, it's kind of funny because it's like the bread might be gone, but all of the like, um, gluten-free, uh, no net carb stuff is never gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to me. Yeah. So it's like all the crazy stuff is gone. And, um, the other day I went in there and I think there was like a shortage on pasta and I was like, y'all, y'all just, y'all are going mad right now. <laughs> I just kind of pick it what, what what we're gonna be missing this week. Yeah, exactly. A little, like we spent a little wheel here. <laughs> All right, it's gonna be pizzas this time, and next time we're looking at pasta. But yeah, I, I like what the uh, the creative, uh, especially musicians. Uh, I've really enjoyed Facebook. Uh, it's really been flooded yeah. with uh, music lately. Yeah, and it, exactly. it's it's been unique, uh, and it's been a great way, like. Uh, the last podcast, me and David were having the conversation, like, it will never be the same as seeing the 
musician, the band, the artist in a live venue, like that's how you connect. Yeah, exactly. But if I know the person, it's you know, it's not the same, but it's it's as good as it gets in times like this. Yeah, exactly. And and it's just it's good to see us come together and Yeah, I mean like I see a lot of different people working together, like with your event coming up. Like you've teamed yeah. up with the what is it, the quarant the quarantine? It's like or? it's called the quarantine concert series and it's um it it's a uh, it was set up by someone in Macon that um I'm a friend of a friend of a friend with. Um and you know, they they've just kind of, you know, reached out to all these musicians and they're like, We need to have music going on at all times, you know, to keep keep people going. I mean, it's a good thing for the musicians because it helps us get paid, it helps us get tips and it also it's just it's bringing good news out, you know, like Yeah, because I mean your friend is gonna share it on their news feed and then like tons of people on their news feed who have never heard of yeah. you are gonna see it. And they might click on it. They might, you know what? If I see that yeah. around when all this settles down, I might make a trip to see it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it it offers that potential for people to get familiar with you at least. Yeah, and not only that, but it, it it's good for networking. But it's also it's a refreshing thing other than scrolling and seeing political ads and <laughs> and and crazy coronavirus updates and crazy um, political shit that is like that we don't need to see every five minutes. Yeah. So, and also, it'll be, it'll be ten times better than me having to see um, these stupid people doing these ask your husband all of these questions games and don't tell him what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I don't care what your husband ate for dinner two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's been like a, I'm not a fan of TikTok, like a, I was down yeah. with Vine. I, I feel like TikTok is like a wannabe Vine, and I'm not down yeah, with TikTok. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm the same way. I, I don't know, like, I don't know why I hate it so much, but I, I'm just not with it. <laughs> I'm not with it either. But a lot of people that I know are, and they try to share all these things. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it as much. Um, nothing's ever going to be Vine. Right. Um, and I don't know why they don't bring Vine back. I don't get that. Um. But maybe it's a good thing that they don't because too much of a good thing's never good, you know. And it did get a little out of hand, like on what you could share. Yeah. Totally. You, you could literally do anything on Vine. Yeah, and it, it you could do anything on Vine and it's um and and it kind of like in the same aspect YouTube got that way. Like with that whole scandal with um I think Logan Paul it was when he went into the forest, the suicide forest. Oh, and yeah. Somebody that was, had hugged himself, and they put it on YouTube. And it's it's like we don't – we get to a point where we don't know where to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, like, with him um, going viral, um, I a lot of people don't know how to handle it. No. I mean, and obviously, also, like, they should have talked uh, – before they put the video up, you know, like they, I'm surely they have like some kind of a panel. It's like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is, is like, he, he had so many followers already. And, um, so you know that someone at YouTube had seen that before, before it went live. And you know that it's just, I think that it was a clout thing at the end of the day. And that's sad. Somebody's death was your clout. And yeah, 
where do we draw the line, you know? Um, right. And I know that's kind of an old topic, but at the same time, it's kind of like... I mean, it comes up in different forms now. I mean, I, th- I think it's, it a, it's, a, in, it's a good example. It comes up in different forms all the time. And I, I just read an article before you called, and it was like um, a woman... A woman is reaching out because Trump was telling people, I hate to get political, but Trump was telling people that, um, what kind of drug was it? I don't remember what it was called, but this drug was basically a cure for coronavirus. And these, this woman's husband drank something with it in it or did and he, Yeah, and he, and died. he died. He died. Yeah. And she's sick. And now, like, and it's... And now the administration is trying to say that they're not responsible for it. But, I mean, somebody died. And it's like, how far will we go? And why don't you take responsibility for this? And it's like, like where do we where do we draw the line? I'm telling you, man. Um, and it's like, with just like the latest crisis, I don't understand, like, uh, your woman, like, bending over in front of the camera, having her hair down, and you stand behind her acting like you're riding a horse. <laughs> I... Like I I've I've seen like five or six different ones and I was like I am I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed but also like what made you think of this? Like why? I was like what is this what is this? it doesn't even look like you're riding a horse. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's strange. It's uh like people are going crazy right now. And then I, I saw like we're uh where the Generation Z, uh, you know, the, the Corona Challenge, where they're like licking uh, oh, no. the the, yeah. the toilet bowls, and I'm like, you know, there there's a reason like you have a bad rap. <laughs> like yeah. first it was Tide Pods, and now you're doing this. Oh, the Tide Pods throwback! Wow. Um, Tide Pods Corona Challenge. What was it? Bird Box Challenge. You remember that one? Oh yeah. Bird box, and then what about uh with the, with, uh, with the Drake song where you would get out of the car while it was moving? That was so funny. I don't know. It's stupid, but I have seen so many of them where I'm just cackling because they just fall yeah. out. Oh yeah, the fails. Oh my god, it's so stupid. Why? Why would you do it? Why would you do it? Yeah, I'm telling you. And then like. I mean, it's it's easy pickings by this point. Like, you could just be a narrator and just, like, have a catalog of these fails. And, like, you got a viral YouTube channel. You could just... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember the vine where the girl jumped off the stairs? Oh, yeah. And she got up and, like, was surprised that it hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people, people just kill me. Like, I don't... Oh, you could be, like, a narrator and it's like... And this is when she knew she fucked up. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I think it's. Uh, I like watching those. I think it's Ozzy Man reviews. He does a destination eft, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a compilation of like just bad ideas. And like he'll slow it down, and it's like now right here you can tell by the look in his eyes, you understood what kind of shit he just got himself in. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Three, two, one. Oh, yep. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, crazy times. <laughs> yeah. 
it's one of my favorite pastimes though to watch male videos i won't lie um, oh yeah yeah i'm telling you i can't tell you how much time i've wasted watching it it is uh it oh, is satisfying <laughs> it's it's so satisfying like it's so strangely satisfying too um it's just i don't know and it's i guess it's one of the parts of me that's like always going to remain immature where i can just at any moment click on a fail video and just be cackling for like hours after yeah <laughs> so totally but anyway i guess back back on track after uh the rabbit chasing and so um <laughs> so with uh with the streaming service with the team that you're in with out of making uh the show yeah. that you had planned to do the pj party it is now going to uh, be a thing online yeah it's going to be to an extent the pj party was going to be a lot more fleshed out um this is going to be just me in my bedroom at the key, at the piano. Well, not, not the piano, because it's completely out of tune, but my keyboard. Um, just playing some songs from from my from my album that's about to turn one um, next month. There are and clouds in the sky. There are clouds in the sky. I'm very proud of it. Um, but I'll, I'm going to play some songs from there, and I might pull out some songs from the first album, and I've not played those in probably four years and I don't know I'm just really trying to you know I, I want to offer some kind of relief to people in this stressful time and that's that's why I'm doing this um yeah. I, th I think it does man like uh like Ben Gibbard I'm a huge Def Cab for Cutie fan oh 100% and oh, yes. uh like I have really enjoyed the past couple of days because like Today was especially good because, like, he was on two of, well, I don't know. I've got several favorite albums of theirs, but today was, he's breaking it off in time, you know, because they have such a big catalog now. And uh, so a few days ago, you know, it was, um, he was doing just covers, and this was funny. You'll like this. He's like, uh, we're going to start today off with uh, a John Lennon song, and it's <laughs> not going to be imagined. I think that horse has been beat to death. Yes, it has. <laughs> and I was like, "Thank you, Ben. Thank you." <laughs> and then, Wait, uh, were, were you the one that posted on Facebook that there's never going to be a good cover of Imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laughed at that. Yeah, I said like the the next time I hear a cover of Imagine, it's going to be "You're Brave," and then my second thought is, "It's still too soon." <laughs> it's still too soon. Yeah, it's just never going to be good. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I feel the same way about the Hallelujah song. Um, I'm just done with it. I always thought singing it. <laughs> I'm the same way with like Prince covers. I was like, man, just you, you ain't gonna do it like him. Just leave it alone. No, like there's certain things where like you're never gonna you're never gonna do it right. There's certain artists that I feel like you can't cover, like Prince and um, the Beatles and all of that, and even like so far to say like Bjork like you just can't cover that weird shit you know right right it just can't be done yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so but uh and, and like today it was like from 2001 to 2005 and like he was gonna do songs off of the album Plans and uh Transatlanticism yeah and uh those are two of my favorites and yeah uh, mm -hmm. I like I, I like how he's been breaking it down and so um that's that's been a joy, you know, like to be able to yeah. sit down and hear that for a couple of hours. 
I'll be honest, Beth Cat for Cutie, like, I love them. And I listen, I, I can just turn on any of their albums and listen to it. I don't like actively listen to it, but I don't think they've ever released anything that I didn't like, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And they just keep going and it, it, and it stays good. And, yeah. And it's rare that that happens. You it know? does. Like, Incubus is one of those bands that, uh, that I, I don't enjoy anymore. Like, I haven't enjoyed the past two albums that they've done. Yeah. My best friend loves loves them. Um, but I think she's the same way. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm the same about some of my people. Like, um, Imogen, her last album, I was like, this is what? What are you doing? Yeah, and, I agree. Um, it was a different direction altogether. Yeah, and... And, um, but that there's certain people that, that I'm very fond of that can pretty much do anything like Joy Williams, like after the civil war, she completely veered off and did a pop album. Well, not pop, like an electro folk thing. And it was perfect. And then she came back to her roots with this last one. And, you know, you almost have the freedom though, right there with that. I think with uh, her and John, their next yeah. works that came out after the Civil Wars, it was both like, yeah, uh, all things new. You know, this is a fresh start. Yeah, and that's and that's the good thing about it. And um, I was very um, for a long time. I don't think I would listen to John Paul as much because I don't. I didn't really like the way that he handled the breakup of the civil wars but i have went back to listen to it and it's good it's like and and i and i'm always very discouraged when i look on their like youtube channels and people will comment like it's never going to be the same and it's like but but they're still doing yeah such good work yeah it's just like that was just time in history you know yeah and it's like you have to let it go yeah and um and now it's gotten to the point where, I mean, I love the Civil Wars, but I would rather listen to them by themselves now. Same, because man. Because it's current. Same. It's current. And, yeah. It's like White Stripes for me. I'm a huge Jack White fan. And, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, when those two divorced, White Stripes didn't really do anything. Now, Jack White might, might play a, you know, a White Stripes song with the Raconteurs or, you know, on, yeah, his, yeah. on his own. But I'm not... I might listen to it for fun at the house, but I'm not going out to see Jack White and expecting that. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I've always hated about when a duo breaks up. Like, people are like, I'm disappointed they didn't play more Civil War songs. And it's like, well, um, that's not what they're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> like, 2005 called, man. Yeah, like, like come on, y'all. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, totally. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, anything else uh, while we're here? I don't know. I am literally, I've been in my PJs for two days now, and um, I have no idea what I'm doing tomorrow, and uh, just going to quarantine it out, you know? Yeah, it's all you can do right now. <laughs> all I can do. I've been, I spent the majority of the day reaching out to press and, um, writing emails and stuff like that um, for my little project that I've done that I'm going to release. Um, I'll have to shoot it over to you after we get done here, but um, yeah. cause I'll let you look at it. That's fine. Um, but I've just been kind of preparing for that. And it's, it's kind of a weird time for this to do, to be trying to put something out at the moment just because it's, it's uncertain times, but 
Yeah, it's uh, that that was a that's another conversation that I've had with uh, several friends over the past couple of weeks. Is you know they may have put out an album you know late last year. Yeah. Or early this year, and I've you know some of the uh, the bigger folks like Jason Isbell that I follow on social media. Yeah. Is uh you know, uh, Jason just tweeted a uh, maybe a week ago. Um, you know, he had plans on dropping an album here soon, and he was like, there's no yeah. way I could drop this album now. I can't even play it. Yeah, and Lady Gaga just did the same thing with hers. Um, just because it's like, it's such uncertain times right now, and it's it's hard, and I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, my album came out last year, and I'm, I'm still, I know that it's a year on, but I'm still trying to push it with press and make it as relevant, because I'm not ready to move on from it. Like, you know when you're ready. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like I'm lucky in that aspect. I have some friends that that are about to release an album, and they had to cancel their tour. So I mean, that's their income, and it's just this is so unprecedented, and like nothing else I think any of us have ever experienced in our life. And <laughs> it's really made us stop and obey. You know? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like uh, just having uh, conversations will just older folks um yeah a guy that used to coach me in uh baseball when i was just a little bit of kid he was my grandfather's age my grandfather's past now he was my grandfather's best friend but mm-hmm. i was just talking to him uh past couple of days and he said i'm 71 years old and uh i've seen a lot you know i've been around the block a time or two now but i've never seen anything like this yeah and so, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, we're living in historical times and it's definitely, it's uncertain times. It's, I don't want to say it's like scary that we should freak out. We just need to no, take, need to be aware you just that, need though. to take proper care and like, just yeah. don't be an idiot right now. I just hope it's something that we never have to deal with again. Um, I just hope that this doesn't open the door for more hysteria down the line for things that are a lot smaller which I think the media is an enemy. and Yeah, I and I mean, they, it's election year, and I mean, you got so much yeah. you got so much going on. Yeah, and it's... And the primaries have been canceled, and that's really um, something that's in the back of my mind. And uh, I think that it's just something that we have to, you know... It's, like I said, it makes us stop and obey. Like, we can't do anything. We literally have to stand still. And I think a lot of us don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us that have been depressed before are just fine. <laughs> like, you know. Um, for sure, man. And and, yeah. and just like, I mean, for those who know how to take this time, like, uh, I mean, it's it's been, like, I'm injured. Like, I'm, I start physical therapy uh, tomorrow. You know, I'm coming out of surgery, but... Um, it's been a time, you know, uh, you know, definitely for prayer and just for, uh, reading and, uh, meditation and, uh, as as much yoga as I can do as gimpy as I am. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a time for self-reflection. Uh, so it's, it's making, making as much use of the time as possible. Yes. And I honestly, I feel like I needed it to an extent and, of course, like, when I had to cancel the PJ Party show, I was sad for a second, but then... Yeah, I know you, now, I know you was pumped up for it, man. Yeah, but, but at the same time, like, I mean, I can do that after all this. Like, 
there's no timeline on this. Right. And this is this is so much more important right now, and I have to obey because if I don't, I could be the reason someone dies. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> and you have to think of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Let's uh, we'll walk the thing on out the door. So, Ryan, just for those listening, tell us how we can find you on social media, and um, just let's talk just a little bit more about there are clouds in the sky before we go. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, um, y'all can come on over to my Instagram, which is at songbird underscore Ryan R Y N E, not R Y A N R Y N is in Nancy. He is in elementary. <laughs> There you go. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Instagram pretty much every day. Um, I pretty much kind of do like a daily journal kind of thing. And um, yeah, and it's it's definitely been a good time. I'll, I'll interrupt you right there. Yeah. It's like just to if if you want to get to know Ryan, like uh, he's like what it, it went up to. You're on day forty six. Well, no, uh, the day. I mean, that's it's it's over much. now, right? Yeah, it's over now, but. Um, it's still like I kind of just I really like the idea of just bearing it all you know just you got to be honest about your life and um it's not all rainbows and butterflies and glitter there and um that's kind of the point of my Instagram um and you know it's more life than music sometimes sometimes more music than life and it's just yeah now you got some screw-ups on there that was a funny video that you put up oh yeah 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 gotta be real with it you know um but it's been it's been it's been a good way to connect and um, you know Facebook bought it um, and that's probably gonna make it go down because they know how to ruin something don't they yeah. um, but anyway so um, but yeah there are clouds in the sky um, yeah I'm it's it's my second album and I I did everything on my own and it's just, it's something that I'm really proud of and. Um, it turns a year old on the 19th of April and it just feels like that's completely flown by and I'm still really resonate with it and just um, it documents me coming out of a very dark time of my life um, and you know it's, it's a time of my life that I feel like I'm still you know coming out of I don't I don't I feel like you recover from depression but you know you're always recovering I do, man. Um, I, I agree with you, one hundred percent. Like it's always there. Uh, it's, yeah. it's like a little monkey on your back. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I, I remember, uh, I remember this. Uh, thanks to the stiff tones. Thank y'all. You found out about porch talk through them. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, mm-hmm. and that was that was the first I'd heard of there are clouds in the sky. And uh, Ryan, uh, he sent over a heartfelt email. Was pretty much what was just said about. Uh, the album which was you know my general question was what you know just tell me a little bit about your music and um you know sitting down listening to it i could i could get a feel for where you were coming from and uh it's a good work it's a good heartfelt album thank you it's i didn't want it to be vague i wanted it to be straightforward and i wanted it to just kind of be naked in a sense you know yeah naked and show all the colors that you know i have inside of me and um all the feelings and and you know um and 
it's it's kind of refreshing because people used to always tell me like even with my first album which i don't agree people would be like you always write sad songs and it's like this time they didn't say that and i'm i'm happy that they didn't because they actually stopped to listen i feel like yeah um it's not just about a sad song it's about what's there and um i'm really i really feel the respect when people actually stop to listen and i really like that lyric or i really like the way you handled this situation i really like blah 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 so um it's it's been a good time it's been an eye-opening experience um writing at such a dark place and seeing how people resonate with it um anyone even if it's one person saying like hey i really felt that 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 means a lot um and of course you always think like i'm gonna amass thousands of followers but then at the same time you think nobody's gonna hear this so it's it's just like this good middle ground that people do you know right yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely when you put something out that out there like that it's uh i mean you believe in it uh, more than anything you know yeah and i still do and i'm I'm not done with it either. I'm, um, I'm, I'm constantly looking for, you know, people to hear it. They could, you know, take it to the next level. And, um, I've, I've always been very independent minded, but you know, I'm not, I guess I'm not opposed to a record label, but you know, I mean, I just have to find the right fit and I want to make sure that whoever takes this to another level feels it the way i do you know right well all right bud let's uh we're walking on out ryan thank you so much it's been good to sit down and uh catch up with you man during this uh time of quarantine thank you alan and if you need to talk you know where i'm at yes sir all right brother till next time till next time news and notes that's gonna do it for us uh thank you for listening i'm glad that you're here um I don't know how you found this. I don't know how you found Porch Talk, whether it was social media or a related podcast or uh, word of mouth. I'd love to know. Uh, you could tell us on our social media. That would be something that I would love to know so I can uh, continue to reach people that way. We are on YouTube. If you want to subscribe, everything that I have is there. Um, videos of sitting down with artists and uh, most of the podcasts are on that channel now. Uh, you can look it up by my name. Or by Porch Talk. All right, we're going to walk the thing on out the door now with a song called Wondering. All right, guys, peace out.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.